Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac Hammond from Neely United Methodist Church at 1755 Thomas Deplet, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. And we're so blessed to be in your presence today with the Word of God. And we hope that this Word can take fruit in your life and grow in this life even into eternity. We invite you to join us weekly here on this radio station and anytime you can have a chance to worship God at www.neelyumc.org. There is a word for us today that can bless us so much as we look to the heel of Calvary and where Jesus paid and died for our sins. And a lot can be said about the last six hours of Jesus' earthly ministry. From the nine o'clock hour when he was placed on the cross until three o'clock when he said it's finished and he gave his spirit over to his father. There's so much that we can learn from that. First of all, the cross is a symbol. Um, the cross is the instrument of salvation. Jesus is the means that brought forth salvation. But the cross, it was a tool used by many governments to persecute and torture their people to keep them under subjection. Um, it used to be a symbol of death, but now it's used as a symbol of hope. Um, the church uses the cross as a symbol. The Red Cross, they use it as a symbol. But in Jesus' time, it was a sign of death and sin. Those who committed sin were placed on the cross, and Jesus received the cross for us that should have been for us. But he told us to step aside, and he went to the cross and died for our sin. So it used to be a symbol of death, but now since Jesus has given his life on the cross, it's a symbol of hope. There's nothing wider than the cross because the cross is inviting because Jesus opened up his arms and received us all who want to come by faith. There's nothing taller than the cross because the cross goes all the way into the throne of heaven and can cause us to be forgiven of our sins and our wrongdoing. So the cross is a symbol of hope now. So when you think about the cross, it should remind you that you have saved and that you are saved in the arms of Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven of your iniquities. You have been forgiven of your heartache and your setbacks and everything that you've been through, all the heartache and pain. You can place it on the cross of Calvary now. It's a symbol of hope and a brighter future that one day you can live again. And nothing is too bad that you may have done in your life that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ because he bore all of our sins and carried all of our sorrow far away. Jesus shed his blood in five locations and those locations are so important because only Jesus could have done this. Uh, no man would have given their life for a friend. No man would give their life for their enemy. Jesus lived a sinless life. He 
had no penalty that he should die for. But we have sin in ours, and we have some things in our past that we should lose our life over because we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. The first place where Jesus shed his blood was on the night before he was crucified. In the book of Isaiah, they said he put a, a sackcloth on his head and began to punch Jesus in his face, saying, If you are the Son of God, tell us which one is punching you. They ripped his beard out, according to Isaiah. They drug him around with chains around his neck like an animal from judgment hall to judgment hall. But yet he was sinless. That's the first place he shed his blood when he was punched in the face and spit upon, the Bible says, and put a sackcloth on his head and dragged around by chain. The next morning, his mother looked at him and said his whole vintage was marred. She couldn't recognize her own son. His face was so swollen and cut and bruised and bloody that she couldn't recognize who it was. That's the first place he shed his blood for us. No one else could have done that. The second place is when he got him to the jailhouse, they put a crown on his head. And they took that crown of thorns and they pressed it into his head. And the Bible says that blood began to run out of his skull as they pressed those long thorns into his scalp and his forehead. And he shed that blood for the remission of sin, for our evil thoughts and our evil precepts and our concepts and the foolish ideas that we have in our mind. They pressed those thorns into his head. The third place he shed his blood was outside the city jailhouse when they placed him on a whipping post and took uh, a whipping stick with leather straps on the end of it with razor blades at the end of those straps and some ball bearings of metal wrapped in the end of the strap to beat and to tenderize the flesh and then the razor would come and scrape off the flesh all the way to his rib cage, exposing all his back muscles and ribs, the same way you would take the skin off an animal. And they whipped him with 39 lashes to the point where he was almost dead on the whipping post. He shed his blood for our evil sicknesses and our evil temptations that control our body and our mind. He shed his blood. No one else would have done that for us. Nobody except the one named Jesus. He did not deserve it, but yet he endured it because he knew that he loved us. And one day we would be saved by what he was doing on that day. That was the third place. The fourth place is they put a beam on his back and he had to carry it outside the city gates to a place called Calvary. Every step, those muscles on his back were opening up even wider with those wounds 
the agony that he was enduring. And when he got to the place called Calvary, he nailed his hands and his feet. That's the fourth place. They bound him to the stake. Like an animal is putting on a piece of wood to be roasted and put out in the sun. For Jesus is our Passover lamb and he took away the sins of the world. And every time we have communion, we partake of him and his body and his blood for the remission of sin. And he nailed his feet and nailed his hands to the cross of Calvary for our evil touch and our evil walk in places we should not go and things we should not do and touch. And then while he was on the cross, they lifted him up. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And when they lifted Jesus up, he stayed there for six hours to finally they pierced him in his side. That's the fifth shedding of blood that he did. And the Bible said he had, after he shed blood, blood and water came gushing out of his side. Water to wash us and blood to redeem us. The water sanctified us and blood gave us the redemption power that we have today. He shed his blood. No more blood to give. Water came gushing out when they pierced him in the side that went all the way up to his heart, dying of a broken heart. But to God be the glory. God made a way for us. All in no way. And those last six hours after he had shed his blood in those five places to cover that book of Pentateuch, that the number five means the law in the Old Testament. The first five books of the Bible, he shed his blood in five locations to cover that law debt that we could not pay. Then he spoke to his father and said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do in Luke 23 and 34. Because we still don't know what we're doing. Even though we know the right way, sometimes we get confused and try to live our lives on our own. But to God be the glory. He takes us back time after time again. He gives us another chance. Then Jesus speaks to the criminal in Luke 23 and 43. One of the criminals that he was crucified beside saw something in Jesus, how he didn't retaliate when everybody was mocking him and gave his life to Christ on the cross. Jesus is never too busy to answer your call. And he told him, today you shall be with me in paradise. In John 19, 28, with 26 through 27, in John 19, he says, Mary, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. By him being the oldest child of Mary, it was his job to make provisions for her. He's getting ready to die. He knows his time is drawing nigh. So he tells his disciple, the one that he loved, son, behold your mother, and mother, behold your son. And the Bible says from that day forward, Mary went into John's house and became his son and she became his mother and he took care of her the rest of her life until she closed her eyes 
Jesus will put you in good care too. He knows sometimes family is not the best way to go. Somebody else may do a better job tending to your affairs. Jesus knows. Then the fourth thing he said from the cross in Matthew 27 and 46, he looked up at the father and said, Eli, Eli, lama de sabatine, meaning my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? This was about the ninth hour, meaning 12 o'clock, right at noon, when the sins of mankind were being placed on Jesus and his father couldn't bear to see. For the first time, Jesus was disconnected from the father when he fed the 5,000, when he uh, healed broken limbs, when he gave the Lord's Supper, when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He looked up and saw the father and he was able to pray, but now the father had rejected him due to our sins. And he felt all by himself. You keep on reading. The fifth thing from the cross was Jesus said, I thirst. In John 19 and 28, he says, to fulfill the scriptures, knowing that everything was almost finished, he said, I am thirsty. He's the one that created the water, put the oceans in their place. He said, I'm thirsty just to fulfill the scripture. Then in John 19 and 30, he said, it is finished. I've done everything that I should have done. I crossed the T's and dotted the I's in salvation. Now I am the author and the finisher of your faith. Jesus did everything that his father required. Then the very last word, Luke 23 and 48, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He did it all. If you believe today, you ought to give your life to Christ right now. I'm going to say a prayer. This may be the very best Easter of your life. If you believe, I want you to pray that prayer along with me. Gracious God, I come now. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. Wash me, cleanse me, and create in me a clean heart. I repent of my sins things I didn't know as well as unknown. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you gave your life on the cross of Calvary, stayed in the grave three days, but early that Sunday morning, you rose again. I believe. And now I believe that you sit at the right hand of God the Father, interceding on our behalf. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 To God be the glory, we'll be at the corner of Thomas Deplin and Washington Avenue on the week of Easter and the Good Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night at 7 p.m. having the seven last words outside tent revival. We invite you to come out in the fellowship and remember, follow us on Facebook on the Neely Church Ministry on the YouTube and Facebook and keep a smile on your face. But as mom may be blessing somebody along the way. Be blessed.